0: I saw that review today. Some of those people don't think this is going to last. I think it's a joke. Yeah, well, I can't always listen to these guys. Main point is, as long as, as long as we know what we're doing, right, guys? Yeah. You know, we could take the makeup off. I'll bet you we could
1: take the makeup off and it wouldn't make any difference.
0: You're crazy. What do you wouldn't to take the makeup off. You're nuts. Gene, we could take off the makeup. I mean, basically, when we started, we started as a band. We started to play rock and roll, and that's what we could do. That's how we started, and we can keep doing that anytime we wanted. We could go back and play clubs. Without the makeup, I think you're nuts. Gene, there's nothing we can't do. You're nuts. There's nothing we can't do. I still say you're nuts. You
2: wanted the best, and you
0: got it! That's right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best, you got the best. I'm Matt Porter, and we are live in the Kiss Room. Thanks for joining us for our September episode. I'll be joined in the studio today by some cool KISS fans. We'll be talking KISS, cranking up some KISS, and having all the fun that you expect every month here in the KISS room. And for those of you listening live, it's Friday the 13th, so beware of black cats walking under ladders, stepping on cracks, abandoned campgrounds haunted by guys in hockey masks, all that stuff. Bottom line, you're safe as long as you stay with us here in the Kiss Room on my co-radio where music and minds meet. kiss room on my co-radio where music and minds meet paul are you ready Right, Kiss Army. It's Friday the 13th. Are you the king of hearts? You are feeling lucky? You gotta be lucky here in the Kiss Room on Monco Radio where music and minds meet. I am, you know, filled with happiness here even though it's Friday the 13th because I got a room full of cool Kiss fans like I said at the start. Let me bring up your mics. Welcome. I'm gonna start right over on this side. First time in the Kiss Room. Dottie Jones, welcome to the Kiss Room.
3: Thank you, Matt.
0: And we're going to meet Dottie. And we're going to meet Michelle Breen. Welcome to the Kiss Room. Woo-hoo. And of course, coming in right on the nick of time, the star child himself, Chris Giordano. You want
4: an easy opening or you want the full explosion? Now,
0: look, you know what we want. Woo! Yeah, people!
4: I just scared the... Crap-ass. The Jesus out of uh, Dottie Jones <laughs>
0: oh, here. God. Dot's headphones Blathers. just flew off her head. <laughs> and see, put your headphones on. See, otherwise, yeah, otherwise it creates some hey, feedback. Look, we have so.
4: chaos already.
0: And I'm going to turn that monitor down so we don't get that feedback again. Now, we have a lot going on. Obviously, we're here in the Kiss Room. It's, it's Friday the 13th. One of the big events of the week. And I know that both Dottie and Chris were there. The KISS book signings in New Jersey, New mm-hmm. York, and California. Mm-hmm. Now, I know the two of you were in New Ridgewood, Jersey. New Jersey? Ridgewood, yes. New Jersey. Yes. All right, let's talk about that.
3: Want me go first? Go
0: first, Dot.
3: Let me tell you my story. Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, it took about, uh, about three hours or so to get there. It's not around the corner. And um, parking was a nightmare. But Divine Intervention took over. And I pulled in this church, and I parked, and I knocked on the door, and I I talked to this really nice lady, and I said, look, I've been riding around for almost an hour, and all the lots are full. I said, could I leave my car here? She goes, sure, no problem, you know. I said, well, you know, do you need my cell number or anything? She goes, no, no. I said, well, my name's Dottie Jones. She goes, my name is Grace. And I thought, okay, I get it.
0: She was your saving grace. Amazing
4: Grace. Amazing
3: Grace. Yeah, she was very nice. So thankfully the church was only maybe a block, not even that from the bookstore, so I meet up with Chris Ann, and she got the books. So we waited, I guess, for about three hours. And Chris
0: Ann, of course, was here last month in the Kiss yes. Room. Shout out to Chris Ann. Hello,
4: yeah. Chris Ann. Hey.
3: So um, we we finally get in the store, and, and we oh, by the way, I got a shout out to Johnny Race and this other lovely person, lady, who got us water. Otherwise, I think we would both of us would have just passed out. So we finally get in. And by the time I get to the table, I'm a hot mess because, you know, I've been sweating and out in the heat and everything. So I get up to Paul, and he, he looks at me, and he goes, oh, hey, how you doing? He must have remembered me from MMR. So he, he's, he's looking good, you know, because he's pointing to my shirt. So he signs my book, and he slides it over to Gene, and I look at Gene, and I go, oh, and I finally get to meet you, you know, and he just kind of <laughs> gives me that smile. So... He signs my book, and, you know, I get the book and everything. And then he takes his cell phone out, and he takes my picture. You know, I'm like, ta-da, you know, just being goofball. So anyway, a little little few hours later, we're at a rest stop in, off the turnpike, and my phone is blowing up. <laughs> I look at it, and I get a message from my friend Mary Ann Cowley, who said, Dottie, your picture is on jeansimmons.com. I'm like, oh, my God. And I look, and sure enough, it's on GeneSimmons.com. It's on KissOnline, and it's on his Twitter page.
0: You know, it's funny. I'm going to cut you off for just a second. That's there right. was there was a very funny uh, thread over on the Kiss Fact. If everybody's on KissFact.com, and it, the title of the thread was Gene Simmons just tweeted a pic of my daughter, and this guy had a great shot of his daughter with wearing her firehouse helmet, and a great shot. Gene must have taken the picture. What a difference a bunch of years make! Yes. Twenty years ago, if Gene was tweeting a picture of your daughter, you'd go after him with a baseball bat. Yeah, really. You know, mm-hmm. and she probably would be in the Polaroid collection, and now it's kind of nice and almost innocent. You know, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, if, if uh, let's say nineteen seventy-seven, Gene was tweeting a picture of his daughter, yeah. it probably would be real different. But uh, <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: that's true. But you know, I, I noticed a lot of the Kiss fans there were about my age, or maybe a little younger. I mean, the veteran KISS Army was there, and we stood out there for at least three hours So you know, to meet the hottest band, well, two of the members of the hottest band in the world. And it was worth it. It was a good day, you know, and I mean, I got my picture on Gene Simmons. <laughs> he took my picture. I didn't think that much of it.
0: And it was hot as hell. I remember yes, the weather's was. good, and, and everybody that I talked to said they were baking. Yes. It was pretty hot um you know the funny thing a lot of people either called out sick or took a sick day that was pretty well, impressive
4: i should have <laughs> how come i sound uh, you got me over there no, okay. well, it sounds like what? candy over
0: here i know I, I got you cranked up now because see when you loaded up that big screen uh, at the start, I pulled that's why i was off. gonna ease into it i was go. gonna
4: ease now 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 i hear myself uh that's pretty good um let's dotty where are you at are you finishing
3: I I get I'm done that's basically okay. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so you know
0: basically that's it it was tons of people. Yeah, it was pretty hot. Mm-hmm. You got some water. Yes. And then Chris somehow gets up to get his chance oh. to meet Paul and G. Well here
4: here it goes here's here's my uh, story and it started with a little bit of a miscommunication because actually Dottie and I were planning on uh rolling up together for a minute but we I didn't realize You know, I don't stay on top of all the Internet news like everybody does. And the only signing I heard about was the one at Staten Island, which I heard was seven o'clock at night. So I figured, well, I'll work. I get done relatively early. I could work, make it up to New York by seven. Long story short, I find out that, no, Dottie's not going to New York. Dottie's going to Ridgewood, New Jersey, and Ridgewood, New Jersey starts at 1 p.m., and now I'm in a panic because I'm like, well, first of all, I don't know what time I'm going to get up there to buy a book. I don't want to buy a book at the last minute and be the last in line. So I made an arrangement with Dottie and Chris Chrisanne that were going up early. I said, look, I will do my best to get out of work. But please, you know, get up there, get a book, get in line, hold my space, and I will do my best to get there. By the time you're hitting that table, I will be with you. So... I I I'm like a lunatic on that day trying to get my work done, and here I go at twelve thirty. I'm finishing my work in Philadelphia. Half the, the book signing starts at one p.m. hundred and eleven miles away, right? Wow! So I'm leaving at twelve thirty from Philadelphia. Half and Keep who's going. calling? It's the bad phone here.
0: <laughs> hey, you take that,
4: and so I'm going to continue. So. <laughs> Here I go. I got to be, the book signing starts at 1 p.m. I leave Philadelphia at 1230, 111 miles away. I drive the car like, you know, I'm in a high speed chase. Like I'm running away from the cops, you know, and, and here there's no cops behind me. But I am speeding with, you know, as safe as I could. I had my seatbelt on and I was just tearing it up the turnpike. I went up the parkway. I had a couple. Of, I thought I was going to get pulled over for one second, but luckily it was a, a false alarm. Long story short, as I'm getting closer, I'm starting to get texts from Chris Dan saying, "Harry, dude, Harry, dude, the line is moving. We're gonna we're gonna be going in soon." I said, "Look, I am less than like ten, fifteen minutes away." I said, "Just hold on." I said, "If you have to let some people through, let them through, but I'm gonna get to that table with you." I says, "You know, I'm not gonna come all this way and, and miss the chance to get up to that table." So. Now I'm getting into town, I'm I'm coming off the exit, and I'm still getting messages from Chris saying, Harry, dude, we're going to start moving, we're going to be going into the store any second. And now I'm like, now I'm like freaking. So now I'm coming down the road, I know the parking from what I heard from Dottie that, you know, parking was bad. So here I am about a quarter mile away, and I see a spot that's like, it's a quarter mile away, and it's a two hour time limit parking I said, good enough. I said, I pulled in and now I'm sprinting. I literally jumped out of the car and just started running. And and I tell everybody I'm running like Rocky. It's like I'm running like Rocky when he's running to the art museum steps. You know, (laughs) I'm I'm sprinting down the street. And as I'm running, I see people going into the store. And I thank God I see Chris Ann standing there like kind of looking for me. And I'm like, Chris, Chris, Chris. And I'm running like Rocky. I'm sprinting. I'm sprinting. And all of a sudden... And all of a sudden I uh I get up there and as I get to the door everybody's walking in they're checking for receipts we as I literally got there got in the door showed we showed the receipts and next thing you know we're walking down the stairway to get to the approach to meet Paul and Gene and I I couldn't believe the timing of it all because you know five, ten minutes later who knows uh, you know Chris and gave up uh, I could have missed the whole opportunity so now we get, we're in the store, and uh, now I'm all out of breath. I'm hyperventilating. It's hot in there. It's really hot. I mean, I, you know, for the people that were waiting the whole time, and it was, it, was, it was unbearable. It was a hot summer day, and, you know, summer's supposed to be over. But I, I, I got in. I'm finally trying to get my composure. We're approaching the table. Now, you know, last time I met Paul Stanley was five years ago. And it wasn't the best meeting. I mean, you know, I've I've been doing the tribute for years. I I, I got some great meetings with him. He gave me some great compliments. And I also might have came across a little too strong once or twice. So, (laughs) you know, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. I really didn't. I I didn't know if he would remember me. I didn't know if he would ignore me. I didn't know if he would tell me off. All I knew is that here I am. I'm going to try and enjoy it. Right. So we're we're making our way around and it's really hot. And I noticed like Paul looks like he's sweating. I mean, he's literally got sweat beads on his face and jeans just hiding his eyes with his shades on. And, and for a minute, Paul looked, I would say upset. Like he had a, he had a look on his face. Like he wasn't comfortable or something was just wrong. And he had, you know, and I was telling Chris I said, you know, he, even Chris said to me, she said, he does not look like a happy camper. No. And I, I don't know. And then I started getting paranoid, just thinking, oh, my God, you know, I don't know if he saw me. I don't know if he remembers me. Is it for me? Is it for whatever? You know, you start overanalyzing everything. So now we're getting closer. And uh, Dottie guitar signed Christiane's in front of me. Just Christiane goes through the approach. And now here I go. Now, of course, you can't get a picture with them. You can only take pictures at a table. You can't pose with them. And then I noticed somebody who knows Paul that I kind of know was there. And I'm kind of like trying to get him to get my camera and, you know, hopefully take a picture. And he's shaking his head. He's like, no, look will kill me. I can't do it. I can't do it. So there was a lot of back and forth, you know, with my camera. And so I never got an actual picture with them in the frame. But I go to the approach. And here I am. I'm in front of Paul Stanley after five years. And I just started talking like I know him. I just <laughs> said, I just said, Paul, I said, I just got out of work. I said, I just shot out from Philadelphia to be here. I says, and I can't believe I made it. And he looked up at me and it was a very familiar hello. It was like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? How you been? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm good. I said, um, you know, I just did a tribute show last week and we did it on Queens Boulevard. And he looked at me, and I can't say it because it's a dirty word and, and but well, i'm we'll going to say yourself, the, I'm right? going to say the the clean version well, actually the what he said was he after I told him I said I just did a tribute show last week on Queen's Boulevard, and he looked up at me and goes, "No s <laughs> and the clean version would be no crap."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody can figure out what he said
4: and I said, yeah. and I said yeah and and you know." And I was telling the people, I said, and I told them, I said, I did the Holy Spirit rap. Now, I didn't do the voice for him, but I said, Paul, I said, I did the Holy Spirit rap. I said, you know, I was telling the people how, like, this is holy ground that we're standing on. And I said, this is where it all started. And he looked up at me again after signing the book, and he goes, you'll have to teach me that one day. (laughs) I swear, I swear on everything that's holy. That's what he said to me. And I, you know, and I laughed. It looked like he had a smile on his face, and I took it as it was awesome. It was like a it was like a quick little exchange with us, but I also took it like it was it was funny, and yet um, sarcastic all at once. Like you know, because right. like oh right. you know you'll show me, you'll teach me one day, right. you know like. And uh, but I thought it was great, and and then there was so much confusion going on. They were trying to move us along that I really didn't get a chance to even uh, acknowledge Gene. And then I start walking away and didn't realize I didn't even grab my book. So I heard Paul actually say, which I forgot to say in my video. I actually heard Paul say, don't forget your book. He went like you know. And uh, so I turn around and I go walk into the table and I see two books. And I didn't know if Chris Ann grabbed hers or not. So I grabbed the two books that I see. And uh, as I'm going back to the table, I see Gene. And I'm like, I'm like, Gene. And me and Gene fist bumped each other, which is cool. I got a fist bump from Paul. And here I just grab the two books on the end of the table thinking that they must be ours. I grab them. I start walking away. And then all of a sudden, one of the guards is saying, "Hey, Man in Black, how many books are you taking? I think you're taking more than one." And, and then, and then I realized Christian had a book, and here I am now realizing I got somebody else's book, and I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm sorry!" And I come running back to the table and I put the one back. I'm like, "Look, I'm making a scene already. I'm sorry." And uh, and it was cool. I was I was you know, I was hyperventilating a little bit. I was uh, I was nervous, but yet it was awesome, and it was worth the trip, and you know, I was happy. Well, yeah. you know,
0: the nice thing, it sounds like you actually got even a quick exchange. It's, I mean, from everything that I read, and I mean, obviously, Facebook was blowing up. Right. Everybody putting their pictures up. You got a little bit of time with them. And a lot of people were talking about how was, every one of those events is wait, 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 yeah. wait, all day. Then and rush. Then, and then go, 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 go. Right. You know, so it's yeah. like, it's nice if you got even that little bit of a connection. Gene snapped your picture. Yeah.
3: And I tell you, um, the people that were manning the tables, I'm sorry, they were rude and unprofessional. I mean, okay, I understand you can't get a picture with them, with, and I understand that because of time, because they had to go to New York. But you couldn't take two seconds to move your butts and let us get a picture of them, right? Like really, right? You know, and I and I had Chris's phone. I had every intention, I was going to snap, snap, snap. You know, but the cop that was standing there, you got to leave. You got to leave. I'm like, I did. Well, Wait and, even, a and, 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 and a I lot had to of get those places. Back.
0: Well, a lot of these places have pretty regular book signings. You'd think they would build like a little platform for them to be up on, so that they're higher, so that they'd be in your picture. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a lot of the pictures, it's over somebody's shoulder, and right. you know, it it's off. like you know, and you're kind of seeing their head peek out. But I'll tell you what. Let's continue this conversation. What we're going to do is we're going to go to a break. We're gonna after the break, we're gonna talk to Superfan Andy about the Living and Sin party that's coming up. Obviously a lot of people are thinking about the Kiss Cruise coming up. And uh, this song is actually gonna go out to Doe because it's her birthday here in the Kiss Room on Motco Radio where music and minds meet.
5: is super fan andy's wicked awesome kiss cruise commentary
0: yeah that's right and if you're listening let me see if i got them patched in here super fan andy we got you live yeah i'm here yes there you are okay and you're back in the kiss room and of course you heard that familiar intro means let's see it's friday the 13th how many days till the cruise
1: Oh, man, I think it's 43 or 40. No, actually, yeah, 43, 42. I don't know. I, I'm getting all confused nowadays with all with the free parties going. I don't know what days is what anymore.
0: <laughs> all you know is that it's coming up fast, okay? That's the thing you got to remember is that a lot of people listening out there live from all over the planet, they're counting down the days because not only it's funny, my friend Bob, Bob Brodsky, he's probably listening. He says, look, it combines my favorite things. One of them is kiss. The other is a vacation. How can you beat that? Is uh, Bob going? <laughs> Let's see, Bob's going. I think Felix is going to go. Yeah, I'll be there. Chris is going. And obviously, superfan Andy will be there. Tell us what you've got in store, Andy.
6: Well, hopefully everybody
1: knows by now that uh, Jeff Hopkins, Denise Hopkins, and myself, and uh, we're minus one this year, my mom. Uh, Sorry, mom. Uh, We're putting on the uh, Living in Sin party, number two this year. But this year, it's on Saturday, you know. There's a lot of parties on Sunday, but ours is two days in advance because we figured, why not have something for everybody else who's coming in early, get an extra day early, really get things started, get it revved up for everybody, you know? Well, hey, why not? So, um, you know, we did, uh for wounded Warriors last year, um you know, party, you know, do something for charity, too. So this year, you know, we're doing it for, we're, we're like kids. We kind of, you know, we move on a little bit, you know, spread the wealth, as they say. So uh, this year, you know, we're doing uh for Breast Cancer Research Foundation. And... um you know, we'll do the same thing we did last year. We have a bunch of kiss uh, goodies and, uh, you know, we're off them off and, uh, every ticket's like a dollar. It's, 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 you know, everything's way worth more than a dollar. You know, if you went last year, uh, you'll find out. And, uh, you know, we got, uh, Mr. DJ Noise. His name's Andy. DJ Noise is coming back. He's going to be spinning the kiss tunes in his own special way. It's unbelievable what he does. We have John Frederick, who's going to be like our official, unofficial, official gene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> official, unofficial, official. I like that. That's, uh, and, uh, that's it's, committing. It's,
1: it's, 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 yep, and uh, <laughs> we have um, we have uh, Miss Lydia Chris is going to be there. So wow, we have a new extended book. And uh, basically, uh, if you buy a book, it's sixty dollars. And if you have a book and you want to bring it, it costs you five more dollars to to have it signed, and uh, that money will be donated. And also, she's going to be donating a process. Jeez, uh, I can't see. Donation of is, jeez, a profit from the sales of the book is going to be going to us too. So it's a win win situation for the fans wow. and for us. So, um, we got, uh, you know, we, we had, uh, Living in Packs. they sold out. We had a hundred, they've gone, bang, gone. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, as, as Matt knows, Matt's already has one. So Matt knows what's inside of them. Yeah, I yeah. know.
0: See, now, you sent me one months ago, and I right away, I'm so excited. I post a picture and you right away. Hey, take that down. I want to keep people in surprise. You know, they, I don't want them to know what's in there. So, but I know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, actually, next month, when I come back on to see you, or to talk to you, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll send you one. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll send you some, some lucky winner and win one. So we'll do that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to go from uh, to, uh, 6 p.m. Uh, to, uh, like, 5, you know, 5 to, like, midnight or so. Um, uh, so, and also, uh, we uh, finally, finally, it's taken us months in uh, discussions and stuff that uh, we have a special uh, Living in Sin t-shirt, and uh, you can find that on the group thing. But, uh, you know, we, you only got about a month to order and pay for them because uh, it was just a last-minute thing. So we're doing that, and those shirts are like twenty-five dollars a piece, and five dollars is going to go towards, uh, you know, our charity, and uh, you know, a couple bucks is going to go so I can basically get them shipped down to Miami for us. So, you know, as, as always, we do not take any of money. All the money is going to go to what it is. That's the deal we, the uh, three four of us made. You know, if we were going to have some fun and do this, uh, nobody was going to make any profit. So that's the way we're going, and we're going to do it again this year. So well, it sounds good.
0: fantastic. I mean, obviously, everybody's obviously excited about who's going on the cruise. But then when you think about the kind of party that that's going to be, you're raising money for a good cause, you're rocking for a good cause, you got DJ Noise there, and you're going to have KISS fans from all over the planet. That is going to be crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, uh, I can throw out there, you know, we're, I'm not saying this is in stone. This is just what what, what I've been talking uh, we got a couple other things going up. Uh, Mr. Alan J. Parker, who's doing the new KISS movie that's going to be coming out next year. Right. right. He's doing, doing all things. Uh, he said he, uh, might be, uh, dropped by and roaming around if he's in town. He's supposed to be somewhere between Saturday and Sunday. So he said he might, uh, stop by and check everything out. Wow. So that'd be kind of cool. And also, uh, there's another special guest that might stop by, uh, we, we heard that, uh, Maria Contessa, the lovely lady who actually did the mega, the kiss costume from 1973 to 1983. Wow. She might be in the house. Now that is something unreal and uh I would love her to do a q and a if she shows up because uh, Lydia has already said that uh she would do a q and a with with uh with everybody there so that that was uh really kind of cool. It'd be kind of interesting to see Marie at uh jump in with or in that talk because I know they they were good friends, Maggie, and a good friends, So uh, it'd be kind of interesting. That'd be kind of
0: cool. Well, and yeah, and plus both of them, clearly Lydia as well, were there from the start. And, and I think, you know, we obviously, we started off the show talking about Ken Sharp's new book and how that details the beginning, and then you're getting people like that to talk right about it. That's what's so exciting about those Q&As. It's people that, you know, had the firsthand you know, accounts of everything that happened. I'm sure she's got some great stories as far as, uh, you know, when she was making all their costumes. This is back when in a very formative time of the band.
1: Yeah, because uh, lately she's been putting up some pictures here and there about, uh, you know, she put a picture of Haunted in hell the other day, and, you know, the first time she made the bat thing, a bat wing for Gene and stuff, and the picture that Gene had had signed and everything. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. Plus, Lydia's new, you know, Lydia's book is, uh, to me, I, I, as of right now, her book is still a number one. I mean, she was there. It's
4: a great book, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I, I don't, so far, I mean, uh, you know, I haven't got the nothing to lose yet. I uh, missed the Amazon. Hurry up.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, Lydia's book was unbelievable, and I think was really one of the first ones that, first of all, was really created, you know, outside of kind of the, uh, the uh, kiss factory in a way like she told the stories pretty much you know her her own way rather than a lot of the books that we had gotten before were told kind of through the uh, through the kiss machine maybe and i think it's what ken sharp's books real good is even though it says it's ken sharp and gene simmons and paul stanley i think you're getting a very well-rounded look you know at those early days and i think that's you know obviously something that's going to make these books stand out
1: yeah, you know, in uh, the slamming thing, you know, it's you know, so. <laughs> all after it I get kind of old, <laughs> exactly. Slamming stories get kind of old. It's like let it go,
0: let's go. <laughs> so we got now. Obviously, if people go to thekissroom.com, dot com, they can find a link to your uh, living in sin party page on Facebook. Uh, they can yeah. get all the information there. Uh, is there anything like really? You know, you said you you got some surprises. I think we got some good surprises. Anything else under your hat? You want to spill right here on the kiss room? I got another thing, uh, actually next week, we've been
1: kind of debating this, but I think next week, uh, what's going to happen is, uh, uh, my mom, everybody started calling her Kiss Mom last year when she went on the cruise. Um, she's, uh, very talented in doing quilts, and I've just realized this. I know she did quilts before, but she got her hands on a bunch of Kiss Hello Kitty stuff, <laughs> the, the material. So, uh, what she did is she made a blanket. It's got to be like three feet uh, uh, wide and about four or five feet long. I'll get the dimensions. But, uh, we're gonna put that one up on, uh, eBay and see how much we can get for the charity. Cause, uh, I don't know. My mom's wrote something on the back of it. So we're hoping, you know, somebody will buy it for whatever. And, uh, you know, all the money's gonna go to the charity. So it, it's amazing. And, uh, next week it's supposed to go up on eBay. And so we'll put the pictures up all over. We're just, uh, that's a next week thing going on. So there's just a lot going on, you know? It's hard to. <laughs>
0: Breathe, you know? <laughs> so we're, count, we're counting down the days until the KISS cruise, those of you that are going. Obviously, uh, those of you that will be at the Living in Sin party, I think you also have a pub crawl coming up. Crawl with a K? Well, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: he, he was the thing. It's not really my crawl. It's uh, Tina Malloy's <laughs> idea. Hi, Tina. Um, she, she just said, hey, the in kiss, the KISS cruise rooms, and she's like, hey, man, let's, let's have a KISS Navy pub crawl. And uh, she made up a super fan e-group. It's really her group. She just did it as a joke last year because on KK1 uh, magazine and newspaper when they were taking pictures, which I didn't know, I, I ended up getting in them for some you know, a strange reason. <laughs> so uh, the, those people started saying, hey, look at this guy. This guy's like a super fan. And that's how it started. It wasn't me. and It's not me. It's, it's, it's those people that started. And I just kind of with and laughed with it. But it was Tina's idea to do the pub crawl. And I just kind of said, hey, Tina, since you're doing a pub crawl, I can make, like, some of these, we can make some of these packs again, and we'll make them pub crawl packs. Is for is fun. And, uh, you know, we sold, we sold them. We sold, uh, actually, we sold 80 of eighty of those packs. Those sold out. Actually, we sold way more than we thought. And uh, actually, we didn't even, and so I said, well, let's try to make a shirt. So we made a pub crawl shirt, the Kiss Navy pub crawl shirt. And uh, so far, they have been, like, 55 sold so far. Wow. So, you know, we're going to we get, it so far, and I think the count is up to, like, 80 people that are going on this pump call. And it's wide open. It's, it's no, it's not a group thing. It's not, you know, it's no groups. It's an open thing to anybody who wants to come. And, uh, basically what we're going to do is, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to meet at the Bliss Room <laughs> on the, on the ship at 9 a.m. And then, uh, we're all going to get together and, uh, pass out the shirts, uh, that we have to everybody who bought them. And, uh, basically we're going to go to the USS, the furthest place to, you know, where Cuba is, take some pictures, go past Hemingway's house and show sure everybody where Hemingway's house if they don't know where it is. And, uh, basically, uh, we're going to do the bars and, uh, we're going to hit seven bars and, uh, <laughs> and a bunch of the bars want us there. They know we're coming. So, uh, they know we're coming. Like the hard rock has just been added, like, uh, I think two weeks ago. They want us there. They, they, they said they're going to play Kiss tunes for us. They're going to play. I mean, I, this is incredible. So, uh, they know we're coming. So we're just going go out to have a good time. We just want people to have a good time. And like we said, it's wide open to anybody who wants to come. It is, like I said, there's no, it's not a, like,
0: Technically, a group thing. It's just so fun. We don't care. You so, know, the so area. yeah, it sounds like we got a lot of crawling, a lot of rocking, a lot of drinking, yep. and a lot of fun happening in, you know, in association with the Kiss Cruise. So, Andy, we'll talk to you again next month when we get closer to the Kiss Cruise. We'll be back in October. And uh, we're going to go into a little something to get people inspired. Living in Sin at the Holiday Inn. You listen to the Kiss Room on Myco Radio where music and minds meet. Ow! Uh, I know.
2: Send your pictures For my wall You found- So
0: That's right, Kiss Army. We got living and sin at the Holiday Inn. Obviously, if you're going on the cruise, you want to hook up with uh, Superfan Andy and that whole gang. Uh, that sounds like a blast. It sounds to me like they're going to have a really good time. So uh, we got a couple minutes. We're going to head up into our 4 o'clock break. We're going to talk with Billy McGuffey from Extreme Creations. We're going to give away one of his awesome prints. He sent us a print that we're going to give away uh, live on the air We had a lot of entries So uh, people from all over the planet What we're going to do is In fact I have
4: a box here
0: Let's see With all of your names Ready See ready If, if you entered That's a lot of names Ready you might be Wow I print them all out They might You might Oh one fell out Look Well, there's a live human being <laughs> So we'll put them in there We're going to pull one out live on the air And it just might be you So uh, you know That's coming right up After, uh, after four o'clock so that was fun. We talked to uh, Superfan Andy. Obviously, we had that. Um, Chris, I think we got a shout-out. Send a couple shout-outs there.
4: Well, we got a shout-out to our favorite Canadian fan, Rosetta Candy. Uh, that's her name on Facebook. And uh, we want to say hello to Robbie Cooper, who's in uh, – he's the Alice Cooper of the Eyes of Alice, and they're listening right now. Alex
0: Walker said he's listening from Pocatello, Idaho. I know, Idaho. How you doing, Alex. Wherever, wherever Pocatello, I, know, I love the fact that we can go to places on here that I'll never go in real life. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, where that is. Spanning the globe. <laughs> Spanning the globe. So we had a lot of fun talking about the, uh, the book. We'll talk more in depth of that when we get back in. Obviously, you know, there's a lot going on. I think it was exciting to watch, uh, we, and we talked about this earlier, was everybody's Facebook page is blowing up with their pictures and their talks of, you know, uh, you know, I'm at the thing. I'm waiting in line. Oh, wait, and now we're going, we're going, we're going. And you, and then you, you could tell a lot of people were standing near each other because their pictures were all kind of right the same. So, uh, you know, that was kind of fun. But now, obviously, we talk, we're, we're probably an hour into the show. We kind of haven't really asked. So, like, for instance, Daddy, mm-hmm. when did you discover KISS?
3: Oh, boy. Let's see. I was about 16. Actually, I saw them on the Mike Douglas show, if anyone out there is old enough right. to remember that. Sure. And I, I saw, I mean, I thought they were great, you know, and I saw Gene Simmons. I'm like, oh, my God. And my mother is like, oh, that's disgusting. You know, that is, he's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, typical. But I, I was fascinated. So um, my first album that I got actually was Destroyer. And I loved it, but I, so I went back and got their first three albums, and of course I got Kiss Alive, and I was hooked. But my official induction to the Kiss Army was December 22, 1977, when I saw them at the Spectrum in Philadelphia, which unfortunately is no more. Right. And um, I, I was just like, wow. They were the greatest thing I had ever seen. And every other band I saw after that was like, yeah, they were good, but they weren't Kiss. You <laughs> know, right. that was my, my induction to the Kiss Army, and I have been hooked uh, ever since. And I just turned 17.
0: So and you just turned that. 18 this year, so. Uh... Yeah, really.
3: <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish.
0: That's fantastic. Now, sitting next to you is Michelle. Now, Michelle said to me right off the bat, look, I don't I don't know all this stuff like Dot. You know, well, I don't think a lot of people know as much as Dot about KISS. Michelle, when did you discover KISS?
5: Oh, when I met my lady friend Dottie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Dot got you into KISS. That's uh now it's funny because like we were talking about this off the air, but my like my friend Bob Brodsky, he turned his friend on that works next to him, sits next to him at work, and he says, Oh, you should listen to this stuff. And the kid oh kind of decides he likes KISS now and you go how could he sit next to you working and, and not be a Kiss fan? <laughs> mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of stuff did Doc play to get you into
4: Kiss?
5: Well, she pops in a CD and I go along with the rhythm and you the know, beat I'll and
3: pop in Kiss and a what's lot. What's your favorite ever. Kiss song?
5: My favorite Kiss song? We were playing that on the way. I don't know the name of it. But well, we
3: were playing the first CD and uh of course, you know, nothing to lose. Came okay. on. She she is very new. So I don't know if she has a favorite. You got not. nothing to lose. Two, three. Never never <laughs> you know, too old to become a Kiss fan. Yeah, never. So, I, um, absolutely. You know, so that I and she and for my last birthday, she got me a Kiss laminate, you know, a lanyard and uh, a Kiss shot glass. Nice. From, <laughs> so, yeah, she knows I'm a Kiss fan. So we're, we have to educate her. I'm initiating Using the learning process.
0: Well, see, that's a good this thing. is a good
4: place to be. The kiss room. <laughs> oh.
0: Look at you're all the kiss stuff we're surrounded by. We're surrounded by. Awesome. It. Well, the nice thing is also is, and this is something we talk about a lot. But there's right now there's a lot of really good podcasts as well, mm-hmm. which are talking about like really like the most minute details. Sometimes really picking them apart. You know, and that's the fun thing. I think you're getting a lot of these different voices. They're they're kind of everywhere. Ken's book, obviously, that's something I want to talk about when we talk about the book. Is, the, is our books like that good for somebody who's maybe just getting into the band or is it targeted toward us, even though we kind of know all the stories? Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that really when we head into our second hour. Right now, we're actually going to go into a break here. Where we're going to try and get Billy McGuffey from Extreme Creations on the line. Um, obviously, uh, you know, one of the things if you've uh, watched politics at all, there's a lot of bad news in the world. This week, you know, people thinking about, you know, uh, what we're going to do in other countries and things like that. So I actually pulled this off a bootleg, kind of seemed like it actually seemed to fit. And uh, we'll turn this back over to Paul Stanley.
2: Here's a little song having to do with a little bit of social commentary. This one's called I've Had Enough. (laughs)
0: Strike Kiss Army. We know that you haven't had enough. We're into the second hour. If you're, uh, Some people tell me they take these, cut them, and put them on uh, CDs. This will be side two or disc two of your two-disc collection from September 2013 in the Kiss Room. Of course, if you've been tuned in, we have Dottie, we have Michelle, we have Chris. Hey! And hey! on the line from Extreme Creations, Billy McGuffey. Billy, are you there? Yeah, I'm very here. Sure. Fantastic. There you are. So now, Billy, we met you very much via Facebook because you share all of your awesome artwork in a lot of the different uh, KISS pages. And uh, obviously, a lot of your prints are, you know, you're creating artwork inspired by KISS. And uh, tell us, really, how did you get into being a KISS fan?
6: Uh, Pretty much as a kid, um, I was heavily into comic books and all the artwork. And Pretty much was pretty close to uh, some of the monsters and superheroes that I liked.
0: Exactly, and that was now. Do you remember when you first saw like the Kiss comic book?
6: Oh yeah, I went out and bought that.
0: Because see, that's yeah. it's funny. Well, we were talking about that. We had uh, Tony Deville. He was a tattoo artist. He was here last month, and that's one of the things I talked about was you know, as a kid, you could draw a kiss, you know, you could have fun kind of drawing kiss, right. you know, uh, yeah. fighting, uh, aliens or, or rocking out and things like that. Um, how old do you think you were when you first kind of started getting into artwork and then combining it obviously with being a kiss fan?
6: Oh, well, I started drawing pretty much shortly after I learned to walk, I was told <laughs> and, uh, everybody was, getting mad that I was drawing on walls and things and started giving me paper all the time. (laughs) Then uh, comic books came along, and then uh, I wasn't really into music until my sister started handing me down 8-tracks and records and stuff, and they gave me, uh, I think they gave me Destroyer.
0: So you start with Destroyer. Now, obviously, from an artistic standpoint, that cover, one of the greatest kind of images, sure, of KISS.
6: Yeah, I was already familiar with Ken Kelly's artwork, and uh, then I noticed his name was on that cover, so I was like, wow, must be a good band if Ken Kelly did the artwork. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Like Now, when you got into, you know, you recognized Ken Kelly at a pretty early age. How did you get into that kind of, like, he's very famous, obviously, for that fantasy art, uh, the Conan kind of stuff. How did you get into that?
6: Uh, into Ken Kelly? yeah. Oh, he was a student of one of my favorite artists, Frank Frazetta. Right, right. And I was into Frazetta from the early days of the Conan novels. he you always know, the covers of the Conan novels, and I've never seen any artwork like that at that time. Uh, everything else was kind of cartoony, not realistic looking. Right. And um, I was so into Frazetta at the time, and then I found somebody who was like Frazetta, uh found out he learned under frizetta and uh did the kiss album
0: that's fantastic and then i mean really like if people look at your for instance your facebook page if you go to facebook.com slash extreme creations and it's creations with a z um one thing they'll notice especially as a kiss fan and this is really when i first started seeing your work lots of different pictures of kiss and i think there's some stevie ray vaughn and some Beatles and things like that but lots of kiss and like really you know Do you think that how has really KISS and their visual style, has that influenced your style and your artwork?
6: Uh, Yeah, in a way, I think because of the always drawing KISS and Gene Simmons was really cool to draw as a kid. And um, I've always gotten into that kind of thing. And KISS kind of, um, they're always, they're still fun to paint. They're still fun to draw because, as opposed to, like, Stevie Ray Vaughan portrait, you can't really put them, you can't really put him in a background with fire and flames <laughs> and uh, things like that. But you can with Kiss, and it fits right in. Right. You and know, I'm into that kind of stuff. So.
0: <laughs> what I was going to say, I know if people look at your page, uh, you have a series of photos of... of- actually creating, there's a there's a really nice image where it's Gene masked and Gene unmasked, and it's based on a picture, I think, that we would have seen with Gene and Spiro from years ago. Right. But you actually show it, the the progression of the work. You actually have pictures of it all along the way, from a sketch to some of the paint, some of it in there. And, I mean, really, I think that whole airbrushing, how did you perfect that? I mean, that that's something that obviously takes a lot of work.
6: Yeah, it's, uh, I've taught lessons before at different places, but it's basically like mentally you can't really teach somebody how to do something that you learn by doing it every day. Uh, you can basically put them on the bike and describe how to ride it, but then they have to ride it over and over and over until they learn how. Right. But, um, yeah, that Gene and Gene was something um, that uh, a lot of people have been asking me to put a video out on YouTube uh, of how I paint, and uh, fortunately, I don't have the time because I have such large clients, uh, always ordering things that I don't have time to film myself. Plus, it would be about a six to eight hour film. <laughs> and, uh, so I thought it might be a good idea to, I'm working on that Gene and Gene right now. Thought it might be a better idea if I just take photos and stages and then describe where I, what I did and things like that.
0: Right, I mean, I think and that gives people some kind of a, uh, insight into the process you know, and the kind of hard work that it takes. I think, obviously, anybody that's ever tried to do that, you, know, you realize pretty quick it's, it's pretty hard to get it to look as good. I mean, you really have quite a talent for that.
6: Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, it takes a long time. I've been uh, drawing all my life and airbrushing for about 25 years.
0: So when you're, when you're working, you're, you're working in your studio, you're painting, do you listen to some Kiss while you're working?
6: Yeah, I've got uh, usually I've got everything from Kiss to um, Paul Simon on my iTunes, and I just hit shuffle and listen to everything.
0: <laughs> so uh, does it does it change your mood? You go from something maybe War Machine is on, and all of a sudden Paul Simon comes on. Uh, you know, when you're painting, uh, how does that affect you?
6: Yeah, it doesn't really change. I think I'm more in my own zone, and the music is just there to keep me company.
0: keeps Keeps the energy going. That's good. Yeah. Now, when did you first see Kiss?
6: Um, they were in the Chicago area, and I was airbrushing uh, outside in the lobby area of where they were playing. I think it was at the Odium in, um, I remember the name of the town now, but, uh yeah, I was airbrushing out in the, um, the lobby area, and they were playing inside, and I got to, um... Didn't really get to meet anybody, but got to see some of the show. I was busy out in the lobby, so I could poke my head in now and then and watch them, but that's about it.
0: Wow. Well, that, that's something else. I mean, obviously, that's the thing. A lot of time, we love to hear people's stories of when they discovered KISS and how it influences them in their life. And, you know, it's uh, it's fun because your work, I mean, obviously, you post in a lot of different groups, and everybody is so impressed. I mean, the, the kind of feedback that you're, that you're getting is fantastic. And we're thrilled because you've given us a print that we're going to give away on the air. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a song, and when we come back, we're actually going to pull it out of the hat, you know, random style. Any last words you want to say to all your fans?
6: Well, I appreciate all the tremendous support everybody's given me, and uh, I couldn't make this business work without you guys. Love all of you.
0: Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for letting us give away a print. We're going to listen to a song, and when we come back, we're going to pick a winner-winner chicken dinner here dinner. In, the Mon- in the Kiss Room of Mako Radio, where music and minds meet. All right, rock on. That's right, Kiss Army. We're back. And I want to thank, uh, actually, Phil was the one who said uh, play something off Paul Stanley's solo album. Uh, He said, you know, obviously, they've got the anniversary of the solo albums. If you haven't been looking at KissFact.com's solo album, back in the solo album groove, they've had some amazing features over that. Uh, Obviously, this whole time of year, there's been a lot of Kiss happenings in, uh, in the fall, which we're going to talk about. I really want to thank Billy McGuffey from Extreme Creations for calling in. Obviously, if you're listening, go to Facebook.com slash Extreme Creations. That's Creations with a Z. And, uh, you know, there's a link for it on TheKissRoom.com. Uh, he shares all his work, and, I mean, he's a very talented guy, and it's fantastic that he puts all this stuff up for us to enjoy. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to pick a winner. Ready? Here's all your names.
4: Who's it going to be, Matt? Who's it going to be?
0: And I'm going to pass the box over to Michelle to pick a winner, winner, winner chicken dinner. Ready?
2: Here it goes. Pull one
0: out. All right. Now give that. They're all printed on little cards. Give that to Chris because uh, Chris has a way of announcing this that everybody loves. And who is the... I now
4: now have the name of the winner, winner, chicken dinner. And it's going to go to... Oh, you ready for this? Ready. Susan Zamora from Saginaw, Michigan. Woo! Oh, yeah.
0: There you go. So congratulations, Susan. Susan Zamora
4: is a winner, winner, chicken dinner.
0: All right, now let me see that because I need to make sure. Does she have her email address Uh,
4: yes. Yeah, uh, well, don't you don't
0: give it out. I just want to make. Sure. I like it though. I right. like it. I like it. All right, good. I, I need to check. Okay, good. All the it's here's funny. our phone number and address. <laughs> yeah, right. I print all these things out because you know uh, we want them. But then I don't. I should I should probably check to make sure there's an address. Good. We have your address. All right. So that print. We know where you live. You <laughs> know where you live. That print will be in the mail. I'll I'll head to the uh, post office tomorrow, and you're gonna love it. It's a fantastic print. So congratulations, Susan! You're the winner of that uh, print from Billy McGuffey of Extreme Creations. That's fantastic. Nice. Okay, so now obviously we're into like our second hour here. We've been talking about a lot of things, and and one of the things when I was thinking about you know what we could talk about for September, and I obviously I knew I'd have y'all here, is September 18th, 1983 was the day when Kiss took the makeup off on MTV. And in KISS, so it's the 30th anniversary, we're looking at that, and I've got to say, I think that probably would be, you know, obviously in kiss there's some great moments, but you've almost got to think that that event is one of the biggest seismic shifts in KISS in the entire history. And the first thing I'm going to say is, okay, who remembers watching it live? Everybody raise your hands. I didn't have cable yet. Everybody at home, you know, raise your hands. If you're listening and you remember now, I remember staying up late. It was at 11.30 at night. And for some reason, I'm pretty sure it was like the middle of the week. So it was kind of like a you know, a big deal. You're staying up to 11.30 here. They're going to come on, and it's MTV. And obviously, you know, MTV, it's funny because you had Kiss, the most visual band of all time. But really, they weren't from... The MTV generation, you know, you had a lot of new bands. 83, obviously, you're starting to see bands like Motley Crue and Quiet Ride. Bands like that are really starting to happen because of MTV in a lot of ways. It was a very visual time. And a lot of the glam bands that were, you know, Poison and people like that, you know, were going to get a break, a real good break from MTV. But yet Kiss had largely been ignored by MTV, and, and they were kind of, had predated it really in a lot of ways. Obviously, the, uh, you know, all the visuals that they had were kind of really, you know, on the way out by the time MTV was starting. So, what do you think about, I mean, it's, it's funny. I, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent for a second. Um, one of the biggest discussions among Kiss fans, and you hear this all the time as well, how can you be a fan if you didn't discover them in, and they put out the date? Now, this is an event, and I mean, I'm of the, hey, look, if you discovered KISS today, maybe you became a fan today because you're listening to the KISS room, and I know that's, you know, that's probably possible, but the, uh, if you discovered KISS today, I think you can be just as much of a fan, but this is one of those events, if you missed it when it happened, and you didn't discover it till it was on KISSology, you, you kind of can't get the same vibe, Because we really, in 1983, had really never seen them without the makeup. And to fans listening, you know, really anybody at that time. Try and cast your mind to a time where you really didn't know what they look like. Now we had seen pictures, there's Gene with a kerchief or a napkin or whatever in front and Paul's got his hand up and you had those videos where they'd go to a radio station and, and they would have like the helmets on or, or sunglasses and you'd always seen glimpses. But it really does go to the idea that like if you were a fan in the seventies and you and then this was gonna be the moment. And J.J. Jackson says it. This is a really big moment. That's my best J.J. Jackson.
3: What do you think? <laughs> That's now,
0: duh, did you see that live? Yes. So what did you think?
3: Well, okay. You know, I'm, I'm old school. Kiss fan. I mean, I'm a, I'll be a Kiss fan until my last breath. But for me, it, I mean, okay, it was kind of a big deal. But it wasn't the original lineup. It was only two members of the original lineup. Then you had Vinny and Eric, who I... Eric. was awesome you know but yeah it it was a big deal it's but what really took my breath away and i told you this earlier when i saw the cover of lick it up i'm like oh (laughs) you know it was a great shot and very handsome for very handsome men and that's what took my breath away (laughs) that's what like wow you know i mean yeah like i said i saw it like millions of other Kiss fans. Oh, they're going to take the makeup off. You know, yeah, it was exciting, but what really took my breath away was that cover when I saw that. I thought, wow. Well, you
0: know, and you actually bring up a good point. I think it's funny in a way because I mean, obviously, if you spend even thirty seconds on a Kiss message board or in a Kiss group, somebody's going to bring up the argument about who's in the band and who's doing them what and this and that and the other and this and that and the makeup and blah blah blah. But I do remember at the time feeling. You know, a
4: little disappointed by the well, fact. It's that not it, the original. It wasn't four. the original four. And in 1980, I forget what the name of the magazine was, but they did post pictures of just right. without makeup. I mean, it was, it was Paul from the, one of those. It right. was and it was Paul was from the profile, and I remember that Gene was the only one that was fully exposed, and Paul was like from the side, and uh, Ace had his uh, mouth and nose covered coming out of Studio 54. So it was really like, eh, you know. But
0: you'd, you'd seen glimpses, I think, and that's actually a good point. But the fact is that you saw. Every once in a while, there were these pictures. Yeah. But you never, and plus the fact as a kid, and I remember thinking, that's not them. That's probably somebody else. I don't, you know, I didn't want to believe it. You know, and I remember seeing that picture of the Cream Magazine, the famous ones that, you know, had, you know, obviously been kept very secret. Yeah. And just, eh, that might not be Kiss, because you didn't want to believe it. You know, it was different. You know, now, Michelle, obviously, you're getting into Kiss later. When you think about something like that, does that have any resonance to you? The the, the makeup coming off, being on—it's you've kind of known it off and on, and I think—and that's kind of the thing. A lot of fans come in. What do you think of that? Like when you first discovered them, the makeup was already back on, right? I'm
5: more going by the instruments than I am the image.
0: Well, yeah, that's a perfect example. Now, that's you kind of summed up one thing that a lot of uh, a lot of fans will end every argument with one thing. It's all about the music. Exactly, exactly.
4: it's true because and you know uh, how we're kind of saying how it was kind of anticlimactic without the original four, and you know it was it was a cool moment that they took off the makeup, but yet it wasn't really that big a deal at the time. But the, the 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 big news of it was that it did create an excitement about the future of the band because the makeup did run its course. Now here they here they go, basically starting over with a new image, and you know who they are, and now they come out with a with a great song, an album, lick it up. And for me, I personally, you know, I got into them. I was six years old. Uh, I got into them around the dynasty era. You know, went back and learned the history of it. I did not understand or like the elder, so they lost me around that period. Like, like like they lost a lot of people, and here they go, 1983. And I remember I didn't get to see it live, but I remember there was a local show called Dancing on Air. Sure, and they played the video. Uh, Lick it up. And I remember being at my grandmother's friend's house, and I'm just you know ten years old, and I'm I'm over there looking at the. and here they go like you you know the song starts and you see them walking and that's when for me it became exciting because i didn't see the unmasking so i'm i'm waiting to see their faces now and i'm like you know well i I think that's paul with the with the leopard you know and and with leopard boots and the blue jeans and then you know when the when it pans up it's like all right that's paul there's gene you know then for me is when it was exciting and then for me Growing up, I was very much into the non-makeup era, you know. And for me, like, Paul Stanley really became Paul Stanley in my eyes is in the 80s, you know. It's like the star child's cool, the makeup is cool, but his voice and his persona grew for me in the 80s, you know.
0: Well, you know, that's an interesting point, too. The video, I think really even when you think about the unmasking, I remember them coming into it and they're sitting there and they did that reveal where they had the freeze frame of them with the makeup and it dissolves into right. the picture of them without Really, I think, you know what, I mean, obviously looking back, you know, all these years later, but the way they reveal it in the Lick It Up video is cooler. It's the boots, here come the boots, here come the boots. And then when it tilts up on their faces, yeah, 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 and it's it's thrilling. And I remember, you know, it it was interesting. Plus the fact, I think one of the things that you talk about, in a way, as much as they had defined personalities via their characters, now they have these very defined personalities because they were, it wasn't, you know, so much a character, you th- kind of saw this new mm-hmm. person, and I think it was exciting, and especially like you mentioned Paul. But I mean, Paul becomes, you know, now he doesn't have to have this costume. He's running all over the place. He's got sneakers on, right. so he's jumping like crazy. Even Gene, you know, running around like crazy. You watch Gene now, and I mean, you know, you know, in that he's got forty, fifty pounds worth of armor on. Now he's got, you know, they were sprinting around the stage back then. I mean, it's funny because, you know, they talk about that if you want to put it in the history. I mean, the last makeup concert, obviously until the... um the reunion tour is June 25th, 1983. That's that's the last one they were doing. Is that uh, in Brazil, it's that <laughs> Sao Paulo or yeah. whatever. And again, yeah, a place that hopefully there's some people listening. I know I'll never get there, but uh, you know, it's one of those where depending on which magazine you read, there was either 65,000 or 65 million people there. And uh, you know, and, and but you figure also at the time, think about that, was around 82. Bill Coin has left. He's not managing them anymore. So, I mean, they're looking at how can they find their way. You know, the first really decade of Kiss is now over. I mean, they've they're wrapping up their time with Bill and taking the makeup off at the same time. And I think trying to do anything they could to get MTV you know, to welcome them in. MTV was was really, a, and, a, and again, that's another thing, you know, we talk about, you know, what age were you when you got into stuff? But MTV really was like a golden making machine. I mean, really, if MTV put you on, that became the hot thing. I mean, mm-hmm. think how many bands, and I'm sure you can think of ones in your mind that really made their career on MTV. It's, you know, we love it, and we I want my MTV, and it made some of these people really big stars. So then you figure the makeup comes off, and now MTV kind of, I think had a stake in KISS. You know, it was like we were the ones who gave you that unmasking. And, you know, I remember, I mean, obviously KISS became part of that whole group. I mean, you had videos like Heaven's on Fire and, you know, uh, things like that that were premiering on MTV. And uh, and then really when you think about that is, you know, then the, the Lick It Up comes out on September 23rd, 1983. So you're talking in that, Period of time, you know, you're getting to see the video, you're hearing the single, and then here's this new album. And and I will say, I I really do associate like Lick It Up and, and Animalize and things like that with this time of year. Because you were, all, it was always back to school. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody had their new shirts on. A lot of time they'd have their Kiss shirt on, but uh, it was—it's always that kind of time of the year. You remember where you were and what you were doing, and hey, there was a new Kiss album, and uh, you know. So obviously, this time in 1983, and then the Lick It Up tour started around October. In fact, you know what I wrote? It, uh, it's October 11th, 1983, in Lisboa, Portugal. Lisbon, 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 Lisbon Portugal. Go. Yeah. And, and I saw
4: it, you know, I watched that a lot on the, on the kissology. They show it and, uh, you know, and like they talk about how like, you know, a lot of the fans didn't even realize it was going to be an, uh, a non-makeup show and they didn't know what to expect at first. And, and Gene, you know, he had his, uh, mental, uh, uh, schizophrenia about it all because he was still, you know, trying to be the demon and he didn't have any makeup on. So he didn't know what to do. And it, I, you know, Paul took, Paul took to it the quickest, you know, I'm sure. I think Gene probably
0: had the toughest time because the demon character could get away with doing things that maybe um, the Gene Simmons now wasn't going to do. Like, and I know,
4: yeah, cause he um, even said like he didn't know if he should spit blood he didn't know if he should do fire. You know, he didn't know if it was going to work without the makeup. Like, the fire works, but the blood wouldn't. I don't right, think you know right. that would be kind of cheesy,
0: right? And I, and actually, I, that was something that I, I don't think that there ha, that he ever has done the blood. Without the makeup. No, I, th- I, I, I don't even and, think he ever uh, attempted right. it. Uh, you know, and, and you read different reports. I mean, some people probably, depending on uh, you know how much pub crawling they were doing at the time, remembered distinctly that he spit blood. But I don't think that he ever did. No, no. But, uh, you know, so that's... Now, really, when we think about that and you think about the idea that by... So by 1983, we're really talking about... The second era of Kiss, I mean, really the unmasked or non-makeup era of Kiss, and uh, one of the things that, in a way, it was exciting, but it was so different because now, like you said, you saw them on the cover of Lick It Up, Mm -hmm. but now, like instead of studded wristbands, Paul's wearing an expensive watch, you know, and it was a whole different thing. Now, and of course, every time I see that cover of Lick It Up, Doc gets this look like, oh yeah, I (laughs) I
3: mean, let me interject, you know, I've seen them a few, couple of few times, no makeup, and it was a great show a kick butt, and it was more focused on the music, and it, it was great. But for me, being a fan almost 37 years, it Kiss is is the makeup, it's the pyro, and and of course you know the music. That's for me. That's Kiss. And uh, as I was talking, to you, I mentioned to you earlier. You know, I had posted an interview with Peter Chris, and he did with uh, Eddie Trunk. And Eddie Trunk was expressing his opinion, you know, about Ace and Peter's makeup. And I agree with him. However, I'm not going to trash, you know, Eric and right. Tommy. I'm not going to do it because they're doing a job and they're doing it well, you know. But again, Kiss for me is, is the makeup, the pyro, the whole nine yards. That's, that's for me. That's Kiss. That's what I think of. Right.
0: And I think in a way, do you feel that it's almost two different bands sometimes? You know, when you think of Kiss, do you think of makeup era Kiss and then 80s non makeup Kiss? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, it's funny that there are certain songs that clearly have still managed, that did manage to find their way into the set list and stay, you know, things like, uh, you know, Heaven's on Fire stayed around even, you know, they were doing that with the makeup on, but I mean, it almost becomes two separate things, you know, and, and I think you have so many staples of that original era, you know, song-wise and visually and things like that, that it becomes, you know, they become staples of the whole kiss persona.
4: Yeah, but like, you know, David Bowie was always David Bowie. I mean, even when he was doing Ziggy Stardust and 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 different looks and different concepts. I mean, you know, all bands go through a change and they evolve and members come and go and it happens with all bands, but yet Kiss gets crucified because, you know, oh, it's such a drastic thing, you know, because it came from makeup to no makeup. I mean, but all bands uh, you know have that change and you know and if you're going to be a hardcore fan like most of us are you know you're going to stick with them no matter what mm-hmm. and uh, you know and people don't like to accept it but it was gene and paul's band i mean and gene and paul are kissed just like uh you know with the who or or the stones i mean it's uh, it basically comes down to two guys that are running the running the show
0: well, you know, and that's actually a good point, I think, in a way, and, and what we were just talking about with the, with the makeup coming off in 1983, already we'd seen lineup changes. You know, I mean, at that point, it's not like it was, and in fact, like I said, it kind of took away from the fact that, you know, it wasn't the original lineup taking the makeup off. So now people want to argue, you know, which lineup and this and that and the other, but that early on, we were already having to either accept these new people in the band and the new look and the new direction or, or not. But, obviously, that became one of the, uh, the great debates of, um, you know, KISS fans was makeup or not makeup. And this song, I'm going to put this on because, obviously, one of the things we talk about a lot, we would go to the KISS conventions and everybody would sit and watch old footage. And, uh, you know, they'd always say the same thing is, when do you think that they will put the makeup back on? Do you think that they will ever put it back on? Oh, I remember this. right should we put the makeup on put it off put it back on that's actually fractured mirror that came out in 1995 that's bill baker if you go i just posted a photo on the uh, kiss room facebook page it's the ace fraley archives if you're an ace fan and a kiss fan obviously bill's book you have to get it because you know he's got quite a good story himself a super nice guy and his book has pictures of all this stuff that, you know, he's collected. He, you know, had a huge Ace collection, work with Ace, good friends with Ace. You know, his story is really interesting. And, uh, he you know, I had that song on a cassette. And it's funny because, you know, when you think about it, that was the debate for years was – should they put the makeup on when will they put the makeup back on and he, and he replied to me i said hey look is it okay if they play your song he says i want to rewrite it and say take the makeup off and retire And it was, you know it's like uh, you know it's funny because uh you know obviously now bill was the one if you're at the conventions in the 90s was doing his fractured mirror tribute as ace with no makeup and I mean that really, as far as tribute bands go, I always thought that was pretty impressive because he was spot on as well. I mean, he could nail it and do it. A great song without the makeup, yeah. And they they were playing, you know, really some fantastic stuff. And I mean, really, if you when I remember seeing him at the uh, convention and just being blown away. And then I saw I remember seeing Fractured Mirror at the Telford Inn, you know, which uh, was a tiny little place, and it was like you were seeing Ace in this. Kind of closet. I mean, it was a tiny place, but the, uh, so now that's something we talked about was um, as we were, we went into that in the break and Dot, you know, right away she's fist pumping and she says, put it back on and it made her go to the reunion tour.
3: Yes. So think
0: of that. Now think about the whole idea. We're talking about the makeup coming off in 83, but then imagine, (coughs) go back to your mind in that 1996 and now they're going to reunion tour. In the makeup, in the costumes, as they kept saying, "We're gonna show them how the big boys do it." Talk about
4: that. Well, everybody knew it was gonna happen just from the unplugged. You know, Mm -hmm. just when you saw all four on stage again, you know, even though they didn't have the makeup on, you knew what was coming. But once they made the official announcement and you saw them at the press conference, then it was just pandemonium. You know, everybody went crazy. Tickets uh, would just fly out the. You know, they would sell out immediately. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was, as Paul would say, "Kasteria." It was Kasteria <laughs> again, you know.
3: Yeah, it was. Let me think. It was November, I think, of ninety-six. No, what was it? We had
0: him in October. I remember uh, the Philly oh, dates. You're so right. It was three, October eighth,
4: 9th, and eleventh. Right. That's it. And, and uh, I met Paul on the ninth. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay. But I, I, I met
4: Paul at the Four Seasons on the ninth. I
3: remember. I was just so, just overly excited. I, the adrenaline was pumping. And when they came on, let me tell you, I I never jumped up and down. And the head banging. And it just, I went nuts. <laughs> I was like, my boys are back, you know. Right. I was like, I was done. And that that was an incredible show. I mean, just, uh, oh, I just loved it. And I remember I brought my nephew. I said, you got to see this. I know you love the 80s kiss, but... You have to see the original lineup.
0: Well, and it created, like you said, hysteria. Everybody was excited about it again. Now, it's funny because my friend Sean Rocks, obviously Sean Rocks coming in from Butte, Montana, he just posted a picture of them from the Animalize era. And just looking at that picture, you know, it's funny. If you listen to the lyrics in that song, uh, you know, in the picture, we're seeing Bruce, Gene, and Paul. If you listen to that song, he says... No one has tattoos of Bruce Kulick. Now, I should have asked Tony DeVille when he was here last month. Does anybody ever get a Bruce Kulick tattoo? Hey, I don't know. But uh, good, good question. The uh, You know what? We should probably – we'll give a prize if uh, if somebody posts that they have a Bruce Kulick tattoo. But, you know, actually, speaking of that You're run I,
4: out and get one so you can win well, a prize.
0: Here's the thing. I'm going to announce this contest, and, and this is pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, last month when David Snowden was here, he brought with him – this amazing, unique piece of Kistry, which, it's funny, he he pulls out this, it's this beautifully framed print, and it was an ad for the fan club that David Snowden and Keith LaRue, who you all know as the webmaster of KISS Online, had created, it was called The KISS Force. And this is like 1984, and they took out an ad to promote The KISS Force, and they met Eric Carr. And they met Kiss. And Eric actually signed this ad, gave it back to him. David came in last month and said, you know what? I have this. Why don't you give this to one of your listeners? And so I'm going to announce that right now. It's 439 here on Friday the 13th. What I'm going to do, if you go to the Kissroom.com, go to the win page, there's going to be a box where you're going to go and enter. Now, if you're listening live, it's not even there yet. I'm going to build it this weekend. Um, What I want you to do, it's going to have all the instructions right there. You need to know the secret word. And I'm going to tell you the secret word right now. Because I want somebody who listens to this show to win. So I'm going to say it one time. Ready? The secret word is, and it's actually two words because I want you to write this down. Ready? Kiss force. Okay? And uh, that's the secret word. You need to include that with your entry. Just like we did today. We're going to put your, all of your names in a box, but you got to qualify. If you don't have the secret word, you don't get to qualify. We're going to put them all in, shake them up. Everybody's got a chance. Somebody's going to win that print next month in, on our October show. You don't have to be listening live. That's a lot of people say, well, I can't listen live. I have to be at work. I know because I can tell by the fact that of how many people. There's a ton of people that do listen live. But then I get a lot of heat from people that say, well, I can't listen live. I listen on the download via the podcast or whatever. I say, this is open for everybody. You don't have to be listening, but you have to enter. you got to give me your address, and you need to know the secret words, which are kiss force. You need to include that, okay? If you go to thekissroom.com, you can see the print that you're all going to have a chance to win. So uh, pretty exciting stuff. So we got that out of the way, and we, and we want to thank David Snowden. Obviously, that was an incredible thing that he you know, gave us that to give away. Now, we're rolling up on the last 20 minutes of the show. Um, we've been talking a lot about history. We've been talking a lot about makeup, no makeup, things like that. One thing that's a hot topic among KISS fans is, should KISS be in the Hall of Fame? Do, do KISS fans give a crap about the Hall of Fame? The Hall of Fame clearly has keeping snubbing KISS. But now, Dottie... You have a connection to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
3: I do. Tell
0: us all about it.
3: Well, we're going to kind of switch gears here. Um, My dad, who who was Ralph Jones, um, played in a band back in the 50s. He played drums with Bill Haley and the Comets. Fast forward to 2012. I'm going through the feeds on Facebook, and my nephew has posted a link to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and it said The Comets. I'm like, what's this? So I put on the link. And and to my I don't know, amazement or whatever you want to call it, there is my dad's name fifth on the list. If you go to the Rock and Roll Hall if you don't believe me, go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame website, go to the inductees, go to 2012 or search The Comets. And he is fifth on the list. I nearly died. I could. I mean, don't call me or anything to tell me your grandpa's been inducted. Oh no. <laughs> so, anyway, a friend of mine, Rich Schneider, shout out to Rich, um, calls me and basically gives me a pep talk, saying you have to call them, you have to tell them who you are, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay. So anyway, to make a short story, you should have
4: been making the uh, the uh, thank you. Speech. Yeah, I know. It was right. it was
3: too late. But and they didn't know he was alive. He died. He passed away in June of uh, 2000. So I called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I talked to the former president, Terry Shepard, and uh, I got his statue. I had it delivered at work. Now, my brother Bob also plays drums. He's much older than me. I, I said, look, if you want to keep this, you know, go ahead. He goes, no, 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 you can have it. So I'm like, all right, you know. So, I mean, can you imagine looking on Facebook, clicking on a link, and seeing your dad, this is a rock and roll i was in tears i'm like dad you made it
0: that's fantastic you
3: made it so that's my connection to the to the rock and roll hall of fame so and yes kiss should be inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame absolutely <laughs> Well i think
4: the fans care more than the band does Yeah. you know the, the we we were we went down to a rally in 2006 that i i remember being a part of And, you know, we were doing the march in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and we wanted to get Kiss in and we made all the papers in Cleveland, which is awesome. But, you know, it was we were there for the cause. We wanted them in the Hall of Fame. And uh, I really do believe the fans care more than Kiss does Mm because Kiss kind of like go out of the way to just like sham the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, and, you know, they're not helping the cause, (laughs) you know, but basically they said, you know, if it's important to the fans, it's important to us, you know.
0: Well, and I think they've gotten snubbed enough times that at this point they're kinda like, Yeah, you know, whatever. Right. You know, it's actually funny, you know, we started the, the show talking about the book and you know, you go through they're talking about the very early days and they're talking about, you know, they were playing with this band and that band and this band and that band. And there was a there was a section where they were talking about, you know, um, the bands that played at the Coventry and there's a list It's like Kiss, it's like the New York Dolls, it's the Ramones, it's Blondie. it's you know, the, the dictators and elephants memory. <laughs> And I was like, who's Elephant's, I never even heard of that. So, you know, and then you go, well, maybe that's a band that needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because nobody knows Elephant's Memory. If there's somebody from Elephant's Memory that's listening, you know, send me one of your songs. Is anyone alive? But, you know, but see, that's the thing. I think, you know, I feel like at this point it would be really neat to kind of have a Kiss Museum, you know, I'd go see that. But but the fact that your dad could be in there with, with... obviously he, now the uh, one thing that's also impressive though is that photo of your father with elvis. elvis that's an incredible shot stuttgart germany
3: 1958 elvis was in the army i mean here here's my dad and here here's elvis elvis is about a few inches taller, but yeah i mean and and actually that picture was cropped there are other people in that picture but my dad had it cropped my nephew has an eight by ten of it hanging wow. in his living room and i have a copy but yeah my dad meant elvis how cool. And, and you look at the picture of him smiling, and you look at me at the picture with Paul Stanley smiling, you could tell, yeah, we're related.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> Definitely right. tell. <laughs> you know, related. that's actually something that uh, you know we were talking about earlier, was that uh, you have great photos of you and Paul, mm-hmm. you and Ace, yep. you and Peter. Yep. But Gene… You didn't get the picture with Gene. No. So, Gene, you got to come back around because Dot needs that photo to complete that. Now, that's actually something. That now, Chris and I have talked about this a couple times in the Kiss Room, but I do want to put you on the spot and have you tell your story of meeting Paul in 2006. Oh,
3: yes. Okay. Um, uh, a former employee emailed me and said, "Dottie MMR is uh, interviewing Paul Stanley in studio.
0: Now, for anybody around the world who doesn't know, WMMR, one of the top rock stations here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We're right outside of uh, Philadelphia area here in Bluebell, PA. WMMR, the mighty 93.3.
3: 39,000 watt flamethrower. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, so I'm like, I got somebody to cover for me. So I go up and I'm walking around the fourth floor like I'm a stalker or something. So I go around the corner and I go to the entrance. And thank you, God, I saw Nick McElwain. He's one of the producers of the President and Steve show. And he opens the door, and I said, uh, Nick, you got Paul Stanley back there? He says, yeah, come on back. So I'm standing there, and Matt was there. Matt was there. I'm standing there, and I'm watching. You know, I must have looked like I was 17 again. So anyway, they're interviewing him. So anyway, I'm standing outside the studio door. I'm like, okay, just, you know, be cool. <laughs> you know? So it, out walks Paul Stanley. And we exchange, you know, pleasantries. I told him, you know, uh, how great he was. You know, the night I, I saw him three nights before at the um, Trump Plaza, you know, and and we we exchanged pleasantries and everything. And then someone took our picture, and I found out later it was somebody for work for MMR. So I'm emailing everyone and their mother, like, does anybody know where this picture is? You know, and you know, oh, sorry, we don't know. You know. But what I didn't know was Pierre Robert said, don't send that picture to her. I want to do something special with it. So fast forward to December. I'm in the employee lunchroom, and I'm paged. And I said, well, what's going on? She goes, MMR called. They want you to come up. So I thought, all right. So I went up, fourth floor, and uh, I, I, I get into the little lobby, and this woman opens the door, and I'm looking at her like, that's the woman that took my picture. So I go around the corner, and there's Pierre Robert. And he said, Dottie, close your eyes and hold out your hands. We didn't have time to wrap it. So he hands me this custom frame, I'm sorry, custom framed picture of me and Paul Stanley. He had him assigned stationery to Dottie Love and Kisses, Paul Stanley, and his CD. Whew. I would um, like I am now. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> I could not believe Pierre Robert, this broadcast icon, did this for me. I, I was like. I, I couldn't work the rest of the day. You know, see,
0: this is why we need a camera here live in the kiss room because I think it might be the Ratings. first time. We have tears. We <laughs>
2: have tears. I'm falling. <laughs> Where's the
3: tears? are falling. But wow. yeah. so no, there I... I just to this day I just I can't believe that um, no he did that for me. This, this is Oprah moment. Well, so, obviously, oh,
0: if, again, if you're if you're listening outside of the Philly, Jersey, New York area, I mean, Pierre is is one of those guys. He's been a DJ on WMMR forever. and yeah. and one of the legends of Philly broadcasting, oh, yeah. certainly in rock radio. So, uh, yeah, that's a great moment. Yeah, and, that and was, and we can and all we can all appreciate. Well, you know, it's funny because that tour was was pretty incredible because I yeah. did manage to win uh, tickets to the Sound check from WMMR again. So we love WMR. I got to go to the Which check, I
4: should have been at.
0: Which you could have been at. I could have been <laughs> yeah. at. I
4: I was I'm here. I went down to check out to see who was around early uh, in the afternoon or late afternoon. And I was going to go home to get ready to come back to the show. And I'm driving to go away, to go home, and I noticed that Matt Porter was running down towards the TLA, but I didn't have time to really stop and and beep or or talk because I was was on South (laughs) Street. I had cars behind me, and I'm like, I got to go and just catch up with him later. And here, it turns out... He had an extra pass for a sound check. And if I would have just rolled down that window and said, yo, Matt, what are you doing? You he could have said, right park the car and get oh, in here. You
0: Which, know? you know what, we'll talk about that more next month. Yeah. Obviously, October, there's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's one of those October missed opportunities, things, yeah. but I
4: made up for it that night when I got to sing the Paul Stanley yes, you did. in front right. of everyone. And thank God I have witnesses because I cannot mm-hmm. find the tape.
3: And the last thing I want to say is I sent the link to Gene's Twitter account to this show. So, Gene Simmons, if you happen to be listening, I want to thank you. I was the crazy redhead with the airbrushed Star Child shirt that you took a picture of. Thank you so much. You made my day. Dreams come true. Yes, they do. Yes, they
4: do.
0: I would love to think that Gene was listening. Gene, if you're listening, uh, you know you could call into the Kiss Room. We should have the, you know, we should have the interview, man. We should
4: be uh, uh, our friend uh, Scott Engel just got to interview Gene Simmons. You know, we should that was pretty fantastic. We should have Paul and Gene on the line with us. You know,
0: that's serious, a little bit more upscale than Monaco Radio. But you listen to Monaco Radio. Yeah, that's actually that's a good. uh, I'll have to put that link on the Kiss Room. Uh, Scott was uh, doing an interview with Gene, and Scott Engel has been on the Kiss Room, huge Kiss fan. Uh, you, You. You'll know him. He used to dress as Dynasty Ace a lot. He'd the be in curly the curly uh, plumber, yeah, and and, and uh, did him? a fantastic interview. Um, and a lot of it based on obviously Scott does fantasy sports and sports and things like that. So they were talking about the interview uh, Arena too. Football and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, you know, and it's, and speaking of Scott, it's funny. One of the first times I ever met him was at a convention, and uh, I know that the uh, the New Jersey Expo is mm-hmm. coming up. Dot will be there, oh, yeah. and so if you go up and see Dot, and hopefully uh, we can get some good photos of the uh, the convention. Are you going to be there, Chris? Or? I'm
4: going to be at the Expo. Um, I got a show that night up in um, upstate New York. Uh, that one I'm not really sure about right now, so I can't really mention it, but uh, while we're talking about shows, uh, I am playing tomorrow night. If you're up in the uh, Troy, New York area, I'm playing at the River Street Pub with the band Kistery, and we are playing with... British Steel, a Judas Priest tribute, so Kiss and Judas Priest tomorrow night, speaking of shows, and I hope to see everybody there, Troy, New York.
0: You know, and that's actually, we got only a couple minutes left, but the uh, one thing from last month that we are curious about was, uh, how was the clam bar?
4: I'll tell you, it was uh, a hot night for rockin' and rollin'! (laughs) There was a lot of hot clams there, and uh, and, uh, we all had a big rock and roll party. It was great. It was awesome, actually.
0: So that's fantastic. Now, obviously, uh, you know, we're talking a lot about these things. It's it's one of those things that we talk about was with the new book coming out that kind of celebrates the history of the band. And we talked a lot about how the makeup and how, you know, the, uh, the different changes in the band. I think that kind of became one of the themes. But really, when you think about it, like, we have these exciting things, like the Expo coming up, like the cruise coming up. Could anybody have guessed, and if you go back and read Ken Sharp's excellent book, all of you that just got a copy this week, and they go into great detail about the Coventry and where it was, and you could get off the elevated train and get in there, and there was paint peeling off the wall Mm -hmm. and all those things. Think about the fact that here we are, 40 years later, still celebrating this band. Mm -hmm. And I really like the way the book is done, it it reminds me in a way of like a... uh, you know, one of those uh, when kiss ruled the world. Rather than having this kind of narrative, and then on a dark, stormy night, you know, they met and fate was the story is told by the quotes. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's fantastic. And, and I really enjoy the style. Now, it's funny. Um, Ken Mills obviously the pod father he just clicked on a message and said that uh, Elephant's Memory back up John and Yoko and he says yes I'm a Beatle nerd so that they must be boy they're way more famous or have way more with a brush of history I'm sure than, they didn't uh, forget. than I know right they didn't forget so uh, you know so we thank Ken for, uh, for putting that in there so really we're almost out of time it's going to roll up on 5 o'clock and you can stay here tuned to uh, Monaco Radio but uh, so let's wrap it up Dot any last words for the fans
3: uh, well, you know, you're, you're the greatest fans ever. Um, they're, they're just the nicest people that I, I've ever met. We always look out for each other, and we have a blast. And Michelle, welcome to the Kiss Army. Yay! Hey. So Michelle,
0: you survived your first time here in the Kiss Room. Yes, I did. How you feeling? Awesome. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, because that's the nice thing, is you meet people that have been a fan for 40 years or four minutes and that's fine you know it's like the anywhere in between i'm good with that and i think as we've talked about all these things the different you know kind of changes in the band and the changes in the times and this and that and the other we still have fun with it like chris does with his gigs out there live oh, bringing yeah. it to the people
4: what am i doing you're
0: wrapping it up because we're out it of up. time yeah people i will see you soon Ow! peace out and I'm going to pretty much turn the uh, end of the show over to my good friend, the Podfather himself, Ken Mills, who's going to talk about some of the other great podcasts that are out there. Of course, we, uh, we love them all. There's a links page on thekissroom.com where you can get them. Or, uh, Ken, why don't you tell us about some of our other good friends?
3: Check out these ads for the following shows. We're proud to call these guys the friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. Please, please.
2: That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party, and you are invited. Tune into the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers Jody Not, Clinton Harris, and D rock Join honey. us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. Yes! That Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on
0: Facebook or Podomatic.com.
2: We'll see you there.
0: This is a really big moment. <laughs>
2: Hi, I'm Cassius Morris, host of KISS podcast, Creatures of the Net. Our show content includes current events of the hottest band in the land, exclusive interviews, and the trials and tribulations of being a KISS fan. You can check out our show at www.creaturesofthenet.com and on Facebook or Twitter. And if you don't know the website name by now... Well, you better f- We'll see you here.
4: kiss Science Theater, the most civilized...
1: Oh, <laughs>
2: oh fuck me come on
4: respectful just <laughs> so imagine gene it's with like, like a with like a wash tub base boom, 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 boom. and serious no wait. excuse me bob you're gonna come over and do my album
1: kiss podcast on the web history science theory we bust balls because we can
5: Doctors define modern rock disorder as a sudden intense drop in musical taste affecting all facets of the victim's lives and the lives of those around them. Over 20 million Americans suffer. Do you? Is your newfound love of Axe body spray, leather wristbands, and mountains of hair care products driving those close to you crazy? Has your overwhelming desire to crank Nickelback, drink a Sixer of Natty Ice, and yell at girls from the back of a pickup truck seriously impaired your work or social life? The Decibel Geek Podcast offers new hope. The Decibel Geek Podcast, the only podcast proven effective for MRD. The Decibel Geek Podcast corrects the chemical imbalance created by listening to bands like Theory of a Dead Man and Three Doors Down, so that with time and your hosts, Chris and Aaron's help, you can move toward recovery. MRD hurts. The Decibel Geek Podcast can help. Visit www.decibelgeek.com to begin the road to recovery. It's time for some Cheap Talk. You're listening to Trick Chat.
0: Their mommy's all right. Their daddies are all right. They just seem a little weird. They even got their KISS records out. This is Ken from the podcast. Join me, Matt, Andrew, and BJ as we talk about four great guys and three great chords. Cheap Trick. If you're a KISS fan, chances are you've checked them out. So please check out our show, Cheap Talk with Trick Chat, available for now in the podcast
5: feed. Keep cheap tricking. Someone, somewhere is needing to hear from you. Someone needing to know that you care. Care enough to give the gift of podcast. Tell a friend about Podkist today. Download us on iTunes. Friend us on Facebook. And rock your ass out. Podkist. You
2: have been one hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? i tell you something. You know, a lot of bands like to brag about their fans.
4: Now naturally, you better believe we brag about you, but we want you to know something.
0: We want you to know, we know that you are our fans, but
2: don't you ever forget, we are your fans, we love you!
0: Thank you for listening to the Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio.
1: Any last-minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations? But I will say something to anybody out there that's you know, the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for. Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody lets you give you
2: the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it. You'd be weird.